if not now tell me when if not now welcome to just married stories about love and citizenship in the decade of marriage equality i'm jennifer bass today we hear from sue a historian of lgbt culture and Danielle, former director of the historic Buskirk Chumley Theater in Bloomington, Indiana. Here's Ireland Meacham. Sue and Danielle have been fixtures in the Bloomington, Indiana community for over 20 years, but they met while they were both living in Portland, Oregon. Um, so we met in 1992, two days before the state election in which Measure 9 was um, going to be voted on, which would have been a devastating LGBT ruling that would essentially make it illegal, all kinds of things. Yeah, (laughs) basically. Um, And so that was sort of the background of of that party, was that that was going to be going down in just a few days. But Sue and I found 10, 15 minutes to flirt with one another. Then I invited her out dancing a couple weeks later. And we essentially started dating from that point forward. While we were in Portland about a month into our relationship, I brought up being non-monogamous, which is what we were calling it at the time. Mm -hmm. But it was a safe talk because I already knew Danielle's reputation in these matters. So, um, but yeah, so, so we established pretty early on that we would be polyamorous. Other longer-term relationships that I'd had previously, you know, had had eventually ended or um, fallen apart because of, of, you know, somebody cheating in the relationship. And so the, the idea that somebody was going to acknowledge that desire for other people and interest in other people was a natural part of a relationship and that we should just acknowledge that and you know, put some parameters about communication around that setup and make just integrate that into the terms of the relationship was just mind blowing to me. Um, and in many ways, I think I kind of fell completely in love with her when she sort of introduced that concept because it allowed for a level of honesty that I didn't think existed like in relationships. And we dated for about a year and a half, and then Sue started getting uh, sort of antsy. Portland was not her town. She decided she wanted to go on the road and just start traveling. And she um, kind of phrased it like, I'm gonna go. It would be really cool if you came with me. I said, okay. And so we bought a truck and we got on the road and started just traveling around the country. Danielle and Sue lived out of their truck for about a year traveling the country. Sue then decided to apply to grad school, and the stars aligned and pointed them to Bloomington, Indiana. So I asked Danielle, would you rather live in Chapel Hill or Bloomington? And since we had passed through Bloomington on our road trip, she said Bloomington. So I applied, and then I got the best funding package from IU, and we ended up in Indiana. The promise was two years I was entering a master's program. And that was the fall of 96, so that means we've been here 20 and a half years. (laughs) (laughs) Sue and Danielle were committed to each other, but marriage wasn't really on their radar, yet. 
I think Danielle had brought it up, but I said, I'm not even going to think about that until we've been together at least 10 years. And so then as we were approaching 10 years, Danielle's like, so, and I was like, I just, <laughs> I was like, this just doesn't speak to me. Mm -hmm. But we did have a celebration in which we invited people from all over. We had a 10th anniversary party. Yeah, at 10 years in 2002. But it never really felt <laughs> like the, having the documentation or being registered with the state was in any way important, except that imagining <clears throat> the possibility that, you know, Sue could be incapacitated in some way and her family intervening and imposing their own belief system and, and not having any ability to intervene was frightening. So in 2013, as part of the Pride Film Festival, I organized a flash mob wedding at the theater that was in protest to what was then a, a state initiative that would like make it illegal and put it in the state constitution that same-sex marriage couldn't happen in Indiana. In the lead up up to that, I had very specifically not asked Sue to be part of that ceremony because it would be a big public thing and anyway I just knew she wasn't gonna say yes to it and then as it got closer she kept hinting like well you've never even asked me if I would be part of that and so I finally said well do you want to do it and then she had to deliberate until the very last minute but then she said yes she would do it and so I felt like that was my big grand gesture and that was that was satisfactory Even though that wedding wasn't technically legal, Sue and Danielle felt like it was good enough for them. But then, same-sex marriage became temporarily legal in Indiana for just a few days. So they decided to get married for real. It was when the circuit court declared the laws banning same-sex marriage to not be legal. So we hauled some friends in to come with us. We went to the clerk's office. Our friends met us there, filled out the forms, they gave us the piece of paper, but they're like, but you need an officiant to actually marry you. Sue and Danielle went to lunch at the Uptown Cafe. Then, luckily, they were able to contact a friend who was a registered officiant. So then he walked into the Uptown and he's like, well, let's do it. And we're like, well, who's around? <laughs> so we looked around the Uptown. <laughs> at lunch hour. <laughs> at lunch hour and like half the people we know. Let's just go out on the street so we don't disturb everybody in the restaurant. And when we walked out, my coworker at the theater had put congratulations Sue and Danielle on the marquee. So that was really cool. So we stood on the side of the sidewalk. Um, and then while we were all like hugging and kissing and crying on the street corner, this woman happened to be walking by. And so she stopped. And like said, oh, this is a wedding, like, let me give you a toast. And she had some Capri Suns. Happened to have a case of Capri Suns. And so she's like, let's make a toast. I thought I was so old and adult when I met Danielle. But the truth of the matter was I was 22. Still had a lot of, a lot of growing to do. And so the person I am now is such a reflection of my time with Danielle. 
She is so much braver than I am. I was still pretty formative when we got together and I was so impressed. I'm like, I met Danielle, she's 24. She owns her own business. She's um, has her own theater company. <laughs> like you, you were working full time to support these things. So it just changed my whole thinking about how one goes about living life and my life is just so much better and fulfilled and happier. Like when I met Sue, I was still really distant from my own looks. I mean, I feel like I wouldn't really have an internal life without, you know, having met you. So in many ways, I feel like she saved my life. She has always accepted me sort of wherever I was at um, in a way that I didn't really believe existed until I met her. This week's episode was produced by Ireland Meacham and Jennifer Bass with audio recording from Betsy Jose. Thanks to Carrie Newcomer and Blue Dot Sessions for musical clips. Support for Just Married comes from Indiana University's Department of Gender Studies, the Office for Vice President for Research New Frontiers Program, and the IU Bloomington Arts and Humanities Council. WFHB's Blooming Out is our podcast host. To hear longer versions of these interviews, visit the Kinsey Institute's Marriage Equality Collection or find us on Facebook at Marriage Equality Heartland. If not now, if not now, tell me where.